Welcome to Mental Awareness Discussion, the MAD Podcast, with Miles Weber, Heather Weber, and Susan Thompson. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the MAD Podcast, the Mental Awareness Discussion, brought to you by Broken Drift Productions and Banana Bros. Go follow them at Bros on Instagram. Get all your cool swag, like this shirt! I moved the microphone, and now I'm yelling into it so you can see the shirt that you can totally get. Uh, and also follow at Broken Drift Productions on Instagram. My name is Miles Weber, and I'm your host. With me today, as always, is my co-host on this podcast and my co-host in life, my wife, Heather Weber. Hello, dear. How are you? Hello. I'm good. I am very pregnant. So pregnant. <laughs> so, so desperately pregnant. It's crazy. So, yes, she's holding it down downstairs right now and i am mean, upstairs not yeah. much like somebody yeah. could come in and i'm literally stuck in this chair anything so. can happen you can't know how much i'm holding it down you're super vulnerable right now and so it's good that you're down there with the dogs they'll protect you not really they're tiny <laughs> um with us as always uh is our friend and comedian from canada susan thompson susan how you doing hey guys how you doing Fantastic. Super excited for today's episode uh, because we've got my friend and comedian Kristen Key on today to talk about mental health and addiction. Kristen, how Hi, are guys. you? I'm mentally well, I think, and not addicted to much today. So Thank good. Goodness. Not pregnant also and not in Canada. So yeah, I know the people listening can't see, but you've got you're in front of a Christmas trailer. Like you're at like a, a tree farm right there. So it's very difficult to be like, I feel like sad and addicted to something when you're at a tree farm. It's a happy background. Yeah, it's it's it very Christmassy back there. I think you can see in there, there's like some hot cocoa cups oh, inside the trailer. There's yeah, a there's chalkboard. Probably, I can't read the chalkboard, but I think there's a special for hot cocoa. You, know, you don't know. There has um, to be. Absolutely. Big, I like holidays. I like the the spirit. Oh, yeah. It's good spirit. Ho, ho, yeah. ho, and all that fun stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but today, we are going to be talking, like I said, about mental health and addiction. So, uh, I mean, you are a person, we've talked uh, a little bit about addiction and your sobriety when we oh, worked yeah. on the road together and everything. Lots of good talks. Oh, yeah. Why don't you uh, kind of catch people up to your history with addiction, what kind it was, and your experience? Oh, great. Yeah. Hi, guys. My name's Kristen, and I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Hi Kristen. Hi, <laughs> I, uh, let's see. I will go. Let's go way back. Um, I came out of the closet when I was 16. Um, my dad's a church of Christ minister. Both of my grandfathers are ministers, uh, a couple uncles. And so I was really, really involved in the church growing up. Um, like I went to church camp every summer, Bible bowls, like all of my friends were from church and church camp. And so I was like, I was a Jesus-y kid, really good kid, did not swear, didn't do anything. My family didn't drink. So um, anyway, I came out of the closet when I was 16 and uh, my church told me not to come back. And my church camp told me not to come back. And I got some hate mail from 10 year olds and it just like kind of broke me. Um, 10 year olds? Really? Yeah. Yeah. They wrote letters to you? Yes. It was so like sweet and sad at the same time. So, so yeah, I had been a, like a, I went to the church camp and then after I went there as a kid, I went back as a counselor because I loved, I loved, you know, I loved Jesus and church and camp and all those things and kids. And so I would get, I got this, this uh, couple cards that were just like, dear Miss Kristen, I hate you. How could you do this? Love Megan. It's like, oh, <laughs> like. She wrote a heart. Like, yeah, it was the like, ending with love at the end. Right. What? Right. Mm -hmm. Love. Mm -hmm. Love. And, yeah. And I didn't know, like, my church just didn't talk about homosexuality. Like, it didn't really get preached on that often. So I didn't know how bad it was. Like, because I I didn't heard, like, I'd never heard the term lesbian until I was in high school. And I met one who was my best friend at this day. And someone's like, you don't want to hang out with her. She's a lesbian. I was like, what is that? And they're like, oh, she, she dates girls. I'm like, you can do that? That's amazing. And um, so I I started dating girls in high school and just like, you know, it to me it was a big eye opener. Like, cause I, I dated guys, you know, and like held hands with guys and I never got that like butterfly-y feeling. But like the first time I had like, you know, I hate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh. and it's just like to me, it was so eye-opening. Like, yeah, I'm totally gay because I got butterflies with the girl that was like she didn't even treat me that well, and we, you know, we weren't even that close. But I was like, oh my god, that's amazing. So to me, like finding out I was gay was like this is great. 
I'll just, I'll tell some people, no big. And then it was like the worst sin you can do. And I'm like, no, no, but I'm a good kid. I don't, I don't swear or nothing. And so, um, I was like disfellowshipped from my church, told not to come back to church camp. And that event, like, I didn't know what to do. And so like my parents never disowned me. There was just like a kind of a, a strained relationship. Neither one of us knew what to do. So I moved out at 16 and then, you know, went to school for a little bit, then dropped out. And like, I started drinking because I didn't know, you know, I'd never been a bad kid before. That's what bad kids do. So I'm going to drink. You think I'm a bad kid? Fine. I'll be a bad kid. So I started drinking and, um, I'm so glad that I did because I think I would have killed myself if I hadn't. Mm -hmm. Um, alcohol was great. Um, it gave me a lot of like courage. It gave me like, I was, I got to be kind of smarmy, you know, and I started doing stand up a couple years later when I was 19, I started doing stand up, and, um, that gave me a voice because I didn't have one. I didn't talk about being gay. I was in the closet and, and I went back in the closet after I came out because it was just too much. It was just too much. So after a couple of years being out, I just took it back. I was like, never mind. I'm gonna very promiscuously bang guys for a while just for Jesus, you know? <laughs> and so that's what I did. I was a big old slut for Jesus. And, um, I started doing stand up. It was great. Cause I could drink at work. Um, I started traveling immediately. I was doing gigs in bars before I could go into bars, you know, getting served. And so that was, that was my twenties. It was just, um, you know, I got some successes, you know, I got on last comic standing, got to be on television and, uh, it seems like I could sober up long enough to like do something like that. And then during that show, I got blitzed and had like one of the worst TV experiences ever. Um, I just, I, I, uh, I, I remember that, you know, I was traveled, you, you know, this miles you're on the road. Um, most hotel beds face a mirror. And I mm. used to hate that because I lived with like the same hangover for about 17 years. And it's so rough to just kind of watch yourself age day after day. Cause I'm stuck in groundhog day of, I didn't know I was an alcoholic. I just thought, you know, cause I saw every, everybody I'm around drank, you know, and most people drank more than I did. Um, the thing is, I just, I never knew what was going to happen when I drank. Cause sometimes I like, I went to jail a couple times and I'm like, what's a nice girl like me doing a place like this? Like, you know, and, um, I ended up in the hospital one night, um, uh, in a drunk driving accident where I had started driving and then told my passenger, I'm too drunk to drive, you drive. And then we still ended up in a, in a fiery car wreck. Um, and, uh, so along the way, somewhere in my mid twenties, I had met my wife now and, um, she, she drank, but she didn't drink like I did. Um, after a few years together, you know, we moved in together, but she'd always <laughs> kind of kept me at arm's length. I think she knew that I was kind of a, a garbage fire, um, you know, hiding this rose underneath. But yeah, she, she kind of kept me at arm's length and she noticed my blackouts before I did. Cause I, I didn't, I didn't really know I was blacking out. I just, I used to say, uh, oh, I don't drink Robovets that often because it puts Swiss cheese holes in my memory. And, uh, She'd be like, that's called blacking out. I'm like, no, because like I knew if like if I black out, I need to stop drinking or like if I get a DUI, I need to stop drinking. And none of those things were happening. So I kind of kept putting it off. And um, so she was like, you, you have to stop blacking out. Um, I was like, cool, I will work on that. And once she kind of gave me that you need to, it's like I realized I couldn't like I couldn't just go out and have a beer. I couldn't just go out and have you know, a glass of wine. Somehow we go out at the same time, we drink the same stuff. And then I end up drinking twice as much and blacking out, you know, and causing a fight or throwing something, you know, or wandering down the street playing air guitar. Um, so this went on for a while. Um, the two of us tried to, uh, like control and manage my drinking, um, by like, you know, okay, now you're only going to drink beer. Okay, now I'm only going to drink beer. And so for a while I was like, I'm only going to smoke weed. If I just smoke weed, I'll be fine. Um, or like I switched to vodka all the way for a while. Molly says that is the worst thing we ever tried. I'm like, I think it went pretty well. Um, I, anyway, so none, none of it worked. It was, it was really frustrating. Um, and like, I don't know, I, I don't ever feel like I was much, much of a happy drunk to begin with. But I, I, I started running out of good time drunks. You know, I'm drinking all the time, but they're never, never good times. You know, I'd have friends come in and tell me, oh, let's go out and get drunk. And I'm like, oh, man, I always do that. So it's going to be twice as much and I'm going to hurt twice as hard because I'm always sick now. Um, like I used to, 
<laughs> I thought it was normal, but I told her like, like, you know, like when you have to buy insure, cause she found insure in, in my car when she's like, why do you have insure in your car? I'm like, you know, when you drink insure, cause you can't like keep calories down. Cause you don't feel good. And she's like, no, that's not a thing. I was like, ah, shoot. No. So I was having, I was having a, yeah, I was like, oh, come on. It, how do other people drink like this? It's rough. My, I like, I thought I had IBS for like a decade. Um, so in the end, it wasn't like, it wasn't one of the hospital visits, you know, or one of the jail visits that got me. I just woke up on a bad day. Um, the day before I'd gone out to lunch with my friends who had just had a baby and we were celebrating. And so me and one of the ladies where we just had a beer at lunch. And then I think it was probably my idea. I was like, um, what are you guys doing after this? She's like, why don't you go back to the house? I was like, okay, do you have any more beer there? <laughs> she got an 18 pack and we split it. And then my wife was like celebrating a work promotion, you know, with, uh, with a colleague and I met them. I took a cab and met them and had another bottle of wine. And then one thing led to another. I don't remember. I destroyed my living room. I threw things, you know, which had happened before, but I woke up the next day just to a bad day. And I didn't know, you know, what I'm going to say to Molly to, to put it back together this time. And so I'm sitting there, you know, I swap up, swap up some broken glass and I was sitting there thinking, you know, oh, I'll tell her, you know, I got, I got a problem, you know, I need to take some time off or like, obviously like something's going on. Um, or like, you know, it won't happen again. And then I like started crying because I was like, I can't say that to her, you know, cause I can't, I can't say that to me. I know this will happen again. This keeps happening and I have no idea why. And so I got this crazy idea to go Google AA meetings and, uh, or recovery meeting. I don't know. I think I just broke my anonymity, but whatever. I Googled AA and, um, that's what I ended up doing. I went to a meeting that day and, um, my wife wasn't like on that day, my wife wasn't cool about that. She was like, I told her, I was like, I think I'm gonna go to an AA meeting. She was like, I don't think you should do that. I think you should see a therapist. I was like, I think a therapist would tell me to go to an AA meeting. Um, and, uh, so I, we compromised. I went to a meeting and I also booked a, a therapy appointment and I, I, I saw my therapist for the first four years of my sobriety, um, and I still, I still go to meetings. That's amazing. So, Absolutely. That's amazing. Wow. Well, and on this side of it, like it's night and day different now. Like it's crazy. Like that, that was ever, that, I understand that that was a person. I just, it's hard for me to relate to that person that I used to be mm -hmm. because I mean, legitimately i was pretty much an asshole like i was really indifferent to the people of the world around me i was incredibly selfish but i was also like sick i was just physically sick um all the time because and, and all, every waking thought really was about are we going to drink today if we're going out to dinner cool are we going to a bar with, with the drinks we're going out with people do they drink like all my thoughts were about drinking and um now I don't have to think about like now I think about my career and like whose birthday is it today and like oh I wonder if they have a dog you know like regular people thoughts and you know I can like participate in life and like show up for people and be be useful to this planet um and uh I don't know I guess it's I'm still working on like coming to terms with with like like forgiveness and accepting that 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 person had to exist for this person to exist mm -hmm. but it's also just like you know it's it's hard sometimes to look back at a mug shot, mm -hmm. you know, or to meet somebody that only knew me like that. And so yeah. they're a little standoffish or whatever. I'm like, oh, you were, you were kind of a dick to me. I'm like, I bet I was, I don't even remember you. Um, but that's like, that's the life of a blackout drunk. There's a lot of my life. I just wasn't there for, and today I get to be there for all of it. Oh, good or sure. bad or whatever. Oh, for sure. It's a very hard. Yeah. It's a very difficult thing. Cause like you're saying, I've had that thought before, like how we all are kind of different people to every single human that we encounter, you know? So if you encounter somebody briefly on a bad day to that person, you're just a bad person. Right. Cut and dry, right. you know? So, I mean, so yeah, like, I mean, the impression that you leave on people, it's very hard to, to be like, oh man, no, I mean, I'm not that person now, but like, oh, well, I was that day, but get to know me now. Like, let's hang out again. Let's retry. Um, it's interesting that you started uh, therapy and AA around the same time. What were some of the cool things you liked about each one of those and kind of starting them? You know, what were the big things you're like, this is dope of each? I think, and I think they worked so well, like hand in hand, because they were two different, two different issues that I had going on. 
one was learning how to cope with like a like addiction and like all the thing like the hole inside me that I'm trying to fill with alcohol, you know, which, you know, and I still, I still use recovery techniques and 12 step techniques to like learn how to cope with life. Therapy was learning how to communicate or express myself in a safe place with the right, with a safe person, because I would use my wife or my family members as a therapist. And it never worked out that well mm. because they're not qualified and because that's not the way our role is supposed to go. So yeah. therapy taught me like, especially like just going through recovery with a spouse, mm -hmm. therapy taught me that my wife does not have to fill all my roles for me. My wife is not my therapist. She doesn't have to be my, my all time confident. She's definitely not my recovery buddy. You know, I have to work on all this with someone else or multiple people. That way, when I come back, I have a better marriage. And so my therapist, <laughs> like learning that that hour, you know, cause I was at first I was mad about the money, but then when I realized what the money was for, like, I can say anything I want to say. I can say, if I want to go in there and just say racist shit for a whole hour, I could, because it's a safe place in there. Get it off my chest, which <laughs> that's not what I wanted to say, but it's like, if I wanted to go in there and talk shit on my wife for an hour, I could do that because that way I don't do that to her. You know, that way those feelings come out and it's in a safe place and they're just gone and they disappear. One time I just went in and yelled at my therapist for an hour because I wanted to yell at somebody and I had feelings and she just had to sit there and take it, which... I don't know if you've ever done that, but it's so it's fun. awesome, actually. It's so wow. fun, yeah. Because like, she can't, you can't like be verbally abusive, but you can totally like. <laughs> be like, upset in their general direction. Like, yes. yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I've had. I've, ne <laughs> I've never been like, and fuck you, but I have just been like, this fucking sucks, I'm big dick. Like, yeah. super angry. Yeah. Yeah. I've and always wanted to yell at someone in a retail store at Christmas, so that sounds amazing. Oh, that's a different kind of cake. That's that's. Yeah, you gotta a pay them. <laughs> They'll take less money, I think. For yeah. It. Yeah. Uh, a bell ring and Santa, like six seventy five. You can yell at him all day. Absolutely, you can. Just keep tossing but, quarters and just yeah. just the whole day. You fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was it was. I think it was really handy to do both separately that so I could I could really focus on one and then the other like one of them is mental health one of them is like you know what do I have inside me that I haven't worked on and then you know the recovery program is like learning those tools to like once I've kind of figured that stuff out like how do we how do we take action and solution and move past it you know how do we accept these things because in therapy I get to like talk about like you know why life sucks for me you know, why does life suck for me and so that comes out in therapy recovery it's like all right well now that we know that what are we going to do about it? And, you know, okay, life sucks. Well, that's your life. So how are you going to walk forward? Like, what do you, how do you want to participate in this life? Because it, it can't just be, I feel like if I had just gone to therapy every week, I would have just been like, and this happened to me and that happened to me and this is bullshit and I'm a victim of life. And they would have been like, interesting. Okay. Ooh, our time is up. We'll get back to that next week. And I'd be like, man, my life really is fucked up go to recovery and it's like, okay, those are your circumstances. These are the things that happened to me. I got kicked out of church. I didn't know if my parents loved me. I was a gay kid in Texas. And it was like, okay, that is what it is. Those That will never change. How can I move on and still have peace and happiness with those circumstances? And I really like that, that, uh, you know, it, none of this was like an, a magic eraser to make life better or to make like, you know, bigots disappear. I mean, my relationship with my family definitely got better. That's not because they accepted homosexuals. It's just because I think we got better accepting each other on each other's terms. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, fascinating. 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 Because um, what you're describing in A is essentially like the, the business I'm starting with a life coaching company for entertainers. I mean, just kind of like, cause therapy is meant to be from today to past. Like, how are you working on trauma, healing these things, dealing with all these issues and all that stuff. Whereas what it sounds like recovery did for you and what we're trying to do for people is like, how do you take what is, and like you said, move forward with your best foot, like which direction you want to go. Okay. This is how you do that. All right. Can we get, make that happen? So it sounds like a very good marriage to have, like more people should have. It's a practice. Kind of like we talked about this on the road. It's definitely a daily practice yeah. um, of like, you know, left unattended. I'm still, I'm, 
I'm going to become the asshole that I was. So it's like, it's just like, like, I don't know anybody that's ever tried yoga. If you try yoga after never doing yoga, you can't touch your toes, you know, and it's, mm. it sucks. And you watch somebody like how I'm never going to get there. And they tell you it's a practice, just practice it. Well, if you do it day after day, you get a little closer after a while, like a year, you can touch your toes. That's mm. how like, like for me, like, <clears throat> like working on my recovery and, and it's like daily serenity is something I have to really work for. Um, and I get up and I meditate and I, you know, set my intention or whatever. And, um, I have to every day. And if I don't, I I'm more demanding on the people around me and I have a lot more expectations, um, which wow. never does me any good. Makes sense for sure. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, when it comes when it comes to your family, have you been open to them about like the therapy process and the recovery process and like what you're doing in these? A little bit. Like, um, I didn't tell them I was sober for about 30 days because I had, I had some deep issues with my family that I don't, I don't think that's, I mean, I don't think it's their fault that I had the issues. There was some, there was some stuff that, there was some stuff that happened to me and there's a lot of stuff that I carried, you know, and maybe, maybe made bigger. Um, so I didn't tell him I was sober for 30 days because I did not want, I didn't want to pat on the back any more than I wanted a question about it. I didn't want them involved. It was like, it's kind of like also with, with my wife who I love very much. And we have a wonderful marriage and we've been together for 15 years now. In the beginning, I needed this to be my thing. This is like my thing. And so going to my recovery stuff and like, which I went a lot in the first couple of years, I still, I still go to something recovery related, like three times a week. Um, but I just, anyway, so about 30 days in, I told them, you know, and they didn't know I'd had a drinking problem at all. Um, and, uh, you know, when it came, it came time to make amends, I made amends to a lot of, a lot of my family members because I'd had a, I had a lot of resentments against them and, and it, it, it really did help to at least clear my part of it, you know, and, uh, to move forward. Um, I know my parents have both like separately and different members of my family have come up to me and said, it's, it's so nice to have you back. Like, uh, my cousin said that to me a couple years ago because we were there for my grandpa's funeral and she was like, it's so crazy. But my mom, is, she goes, I gotta say, it's just, it's just nice to have you back. And so I was like, when I was a kid, we all had this, we're real close family, you know? And, um, we still like sing together and do the whole, like, you know, the churchy stuff. I don't go to church, but it's like, we're, we're like, it's a lovey family. And so for a long time, I just wasn't a part of it because I thought they didn't want me to be a part of it. And it turns out I can absolutely be a part of this family. You know, um, I think I was, I was throwing up some, some defenses that didn't need to be there. And so, yeah, they're aware of it. And, um, anybody that, that knows me, knows me, especially, you know, as well as my family, they're real happy that this is happening. And, um, because, I'm just, you know, I'm not, I'm not isolative, you know, and at arm's length, like I was for so long. Yeah. 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 Makes sense. Everything's uh, not perfect, but I don't have to blame them for, for, for shit, sure. you know. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, through my own stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You've been able to work through it with, with therapy and put it into like actionable change with recovery and everything, which is super dope. It's awesome. Um, were there any, uh, parts of like the 12 step program and everything like that, that you had trouble with, with a, I'm always fascinated. Like what are the parts that you're just like, this sucks. Oh no. Like, well, the beginning of it, like I didn't, I came in and I had no idea what a 12 step program was or, or, uh, you know, what it was going to be like. Um, which I'm so glad I didn't. Cause I got up there and there was like, there's a lot of God stuff in here on the walls. And I was like, I'm not, that's not going to fly. I have some religious trauma and I'm not like the first week. So I, I hired a therapist, um, the first week when I started going to meetings and then I fired my first one. It was like the coolest feeling ever. I did because she had a giant cross on her wall and she was like, is this going to make you uncomfortable? And I was like, you know what it is. And she was like, well, I don't bring my religion into my room. I was like, you just did. And so I found the gayest woman on therapytoday.com or whatever it was. Like I picked this lady that I figured probably had a dream catcher tattooed somewhere on her. <laughs> and she was so gay. And Heather's got a dream catcher tattoo. <laughs> and I had so, <laughs> She was more gay than Heather, I think. Oh, <laughs> Who knows? You know? But she uh, she was great. She was great. But yeah, it was like, I, I didn't, I didn't want to, I don't want to go down the, the I didn't want it to be religious. I'm like, if this is going to be like a, a kumbaya 
thing. And um, thankfully, I got kind of the right people in my circle there that were like, oh, you know, no, it says God a lot and there's, but it's not Jesus. He is not religious. It's like, you get to pick, you know, it's like higher power or like the mm-hmm. ocean or like mm-hmm. just something, something that's not you. The sun. Like, sure. Sure. Yeah. But it's like, I think to get more like spiritual or like out of, out of my head, like, because I would sit around and try to like, you know, analyze my problems. Like, why am I like this? How, why is life life? And that doesn't really help me. That typically makes me, mad you know or sad or like whatever but if i just you know how can i be of service today how can i accept the day as it is and it's like just saying those things make me believe in something you know like the force is usually what i call mine i just kind of believe in the force and so when it was like explained to me that like you know it's not it's not religious and um even though i'd go places that like ended with the lord's prayer like i brought up this out and they're like you don't have to say that with them like, just make up your own words or just say the words you like. And so to this day, because I'm still kind of defiant about that one, they'll start the Lord's Prayer. And I'll only say the words that I like. So I'll just be like, Father, uh, I like bread. Um, no <laughs> trespassing. And at the end, I always end with almonds. And so, like, <laughs> yeah, sometimes I'll even say blue diamond almonds. And people are like, what are you saying? And I'm like, whatever I want to pray because there's no rules. Yeah. So um, that was that that bothered me with the the whatever. I don't like Jesusy stuff. That scares me. For sure. Um, but once you know, I got past that and was like, oh okay. So it's it's like a spiritual program, and and I I kind of at least stuck around long enough to hear him out. Um, that was that was about because when I first came in, I was like, I'm really concerned with step four and step nine, like which is all the stuff about like. Uh, taking an inventory of yourself and then like making amends Mm. and my sponsor goes uh, well that's great because we're on step one I was like okay she's like yeah they're in order for a reason like by the time we get to the ones you're worried about we'll see if you're still worried about them and she was right like Mm. no by the time we got where I was like so I just kind of learned immediately to kind of shut up and listen and and um it, it really it's it's a I don't know any 12 step or any whatever recovery program if anybody's kind of sniffing around for one what I like about the one that I chose was that uh, I like that it's one alcoholic helping another or an addict helping another or whatever it is, you know, whatever it's, it's, I don't have to listen to somebody that I don't know you're, you know, I don't know if you've ever been drunk or not. And you're some kind of doctor telling me what to do, or you're like, you're some Christian telling me how to stay sober. I want to hear from an alcoholic. I want to hear somebody that drove drunk with their kids in the car. I trust them. You know, I, I just, it makes me feel better. And so hearing how, and not hearing like, this is what you should do. Just hearing, Hey, this is what I did. And I'll go, okay, I can listen to that. Because the minute you tell me, you know what you should do, I'm like, not listen to you, even if it's a good idea. I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't do well with being told what to do. But um, I've been, I've, I've found from you know the recovery, I found that it's mainly just people saying, okay, here's what I do when I'm in the situation. Here's what I've tried. This worked for me, or I don't, under, I don't know that. So how about we call so and so because I think they've been through that. And so it is just a lot of a experience of of people helping each other, you know, getting through. You know, if I know somebody's been through what I've been through. I'll definitely reach out and help, you know, if I can. Absolutely. Um, the thing you said about making amends, that's, uh, yeah, that's that, that can be a, a pain. Was that as difficult as you thought it was going to be? Or were you surprised by people being like, oh, yeah, it's all good? It was, it was, and I've, I've like kind of learned this over the, the years about like, uh, you know, making like daily amends, like, like when I'm wrong around the house, because, you know, in a marriage, you know, if, the longer I pretend I'm not wrong, the longer our fight's going to last. Mm. But the quicker if I can just be like, you know what? Not not even if like I'm the wrongest. Just if I'm wrong at all. I may not be the wrongest. She may be wronger than me. But if I can take a second and be like, you know what? It was wrong of me to raise my voice. I should not have said that. That was not nice of me. And then just walk away. You know, just to like, it's like what it was explaining to me, keeping my side of the street clean. As long as I keep my side of the street clean, anybody else can do whatever they want. And so the amends process really was like, I had a, like every member in my family and then some people I hadn't talked to in years and years. Um, I had an old friend that uh, I came out to when I was young. And <clears throat> when I came out, she stopped being my friend. But I had a part in that. And so I, I just covered my part without like, and that was kind of what I'd been told to do. And I felt so good like, we never have to speak again. This isn't to rekindle a friendship. It's just to where if I bumped into you in a target, I wouldn't be like, oh God, I could be like, oh, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Like it's clear in my part. And it turned out that she actually wanted to say, okay, 
while we're at it, like, I'm so sorry. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, but I didn't need that. Um, I had an amends with an ex. And one of my exes, she was, I was like, oh, at some point I have an amends to make. She was like, do it now. And I was like, I know you've been drinking. Maybe we could do it. So she's like, nope, do it now. I was like, great. It's on your time. So and I made my amends at the end. She was like, cool, cool. Because I used to steal money out of your wallet. I was like, great. We're good. <laughs> like, so it, it was a fun, it was a fun process, you know. Perfect. <laughs> I was yeah. surprised a lot that it was okay. I had one person I, at the end, I was like, if there's anything left, I've left out, let me know. They were like, yeah, you left out this and this. I was like, okay, wow, did not know that. Did not know those things. And it turned out we ended up having a much better relationship after that That one. Tends to get better when you can forgive and, and, and bury that hatchet. Yeah, absolutely. It, yeah. it, it is a, a, a load off for sure, a weight lift off the shoulders. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's the whole point of it. It's like, like the way I look at it now, is like it's it's not really good and bad because I used to mm. walk around with so much shame. Like there's just so much shame, and I don't know if I learned it from church or whatever, but I carried shame about everything, not being able to like stay sober, having hangovers, like whatever it was. I always had shame, and now looking at it, it's it's not about what's right or wrong or like shameful. It's just what is useful, what is not useful, and like holding a grudge isn't use. It's not useful to me. I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm not going to be happy or peaceful if I hold this grudge, you know, like telling off somebody on Facebook, it's not useful to me, you know, um, in the moment I'm like, oh, I got I'm, I'm right about this. This is about abortion and I have strong opinions. Every time I do that, I end up having to make an amends in the comments because like I went too far or something. So if I just stay out of it, that is more useful to me. So it's, it's not about like, ah, oh, you were an asshole yesterday. I was like, okay, that didn't help me yesterday. That didn't help me find like peace and serenity. Um, so what will, and so I'm trying to just let go of like good and bad because there's no reason to shame myself. It never, shame never was useful to me. I never learned anything except for to feel worse and worse and worse. So it's just kind of like, uh, like the word inventory. It's just, let's see what's in there. Let's see what's in there. What do I do? You know, and, and how well is that working out for me? Well, if it's not, well, let's find out how to get rid of it. You know? Yeah. How do you uh, juggle meetings and being on the road? I Zoom has helped this year, but before that, I go to meetings on the road. Um, okay. There are meetings everywhere in every country. Um, they're pretty easy to find. And I kind of feel like it's like the force of the universe. Usually when I need one, there's one, you know, I just have to stay willing to look for them. Cruise ships, cruise ships have meetings. They're called yeah. friends of bill meetings. Um, Sometimes a drunk will wander in with a daiquiri, like, oh, I was here for Bill's party. We're like, you're at it, my friend. They're like, I don't think I want to party with you guys. <laughs> so uh, friends of Bill meetings have helped me a lot. Um, but yeah, I, I usually either hit a Zoom meeting or uh, or I'll, I'll go to one in person. Like I just visited my folks in um, in Oklahoma last week and I have like a home away from home group there. Like I've been so many times, like a bunch of them know my name. And so it feels so good to walk in, you know, and have people in town that I don't even live in just be like, Hey, Kristen, welcome home. How's your mom and dad? And like, like we have, we know each other, you know, we speak the same language. That's awesome. That's yeah. so cool. I had no idea about cruises. So that's really cool. It's neat for me. I go every day because on a cruise ship, you have so much downtime. It's kind of like I can set my schedule around like, Oh, I can have breakfast, take a nap. Uh, I go to the gym. Ooh, friends of bill at four 30. And then like, I can just kind of like fold it into my, I do it every day. And it turns out to be like a, you know, a recovery retreat, you know, here's some amazing stories out there. And, uh, sometimes the room's full. We had like 18, 19 people on one ship. And sometimes it's just me and one other person, which can be really, really interesting as well. Um, but it's like, it's for me, it's like, I just like to be reminded, you know, that I'm an alcoholic, <laughs> you know, <laughs> cause if I forget then, um, you know, I'll turn into, you know, I turn into an asshole, really. I get that. Yeah. yeah. Which is fast because you're the least asshole person that I, I've ever met. Like, it's I mean, so day. yeah. It's like it's night so and day. It really is. It really yeah, it's is. It's unfortunate. It, but hey, you've turned it around and made it a positive. So, but uh, when you have those, because I mean, I feel like uh, most of recovery is all about, you know, day by day and you have your good days and you have your bad days. When you have yeah. your bad days, 
what's the process that you kind of take yourself through or is it situational? Like, is there anything that is like a go-to for you? Just like, all right, today is fucked. I need to do blank. It's uh, like, I like the, the expression restarting my day. Sometimes I have yeah. to restart my day. And so that's like, go somewhere. I usually use a bathroom as my restart because no one ever questions why you're going to the bathroom. And so I'll sneak in there and do like whatever the meditation or like I have some like, I don't know, call them prayers or whatever, but it's just a set set of words that I say to get back to like remembering, you know, where home base is, where or like peace, and, where is peace and where is serenity? Because that's my goal every day. Stay peaceful, stay serene. There are real high highs, real low lows. Neither one of them do me real well. You know, my birthday is a rough day for me because if I get entitled, you know, not a great day for me. You know, sad days, also hard, but in the middle, nice, peaceful, peaceful is a great place to be. So like early on, um, Molly and I were in Vegas and uh, we were going shopping at one of the malls by Caesars Palace. I don't like parking. <laughs> like it's one of my things. Um, better now a little bit, but then it was just like, it was a huge trigger for me. So we parked and we had been having a great conversation the way there. Parking like pissed me off. So I stopped talking to her. We get inside the mall, we're walking. She has no idea that I'm like about to lose my shit. I was like, I gotta go to the bathroom. And uh, someone had told me this, like, just go restart your day. Just like go somewhere private and say like, say the serenity prayer or whatever. And I was like, it sounded so stupid, but I really wanted the results that they had said happens if you do this. And so I did that. I went into a public restroom. I didn't have to pee or anything. I just sat there. I said the serenity prayer. And I like got my intention back of peace. And, and I came out a different woman. We had a great day, you know? So it's like, now I don't have extended bad days. You know, it's bad moments. There are bad moments. If I can remember to like, like distance myself, walk away from the situation, like take a second pause and then uh, come back when I'm calm and serene, you know, but not, yeah. not, not keep trying to fight through a, don't fight through a fight. I can't fight through a fight. It's not going to work. Oh man. There's so much good in that. I love yeah. that so much. Like, I mean, I feel like the bad moments, not letting those turn into a bad day is so much like can be a superpower if you can really get yourself to that point where you can because i feel like so much of people's problems in life is from because a bad moment or a bad few moments just kind of turned into a bad year or a bad decade like or even a bad life some people never shake it you know so um being able to understand that that was just a moment like what can we take from that moment and let's kind of like drop it and move on that's important but also quieting your mind yes like going to a quiet place getting yourself recentered again you know breathing through it saying whatever you got to say to kind of like restart your day but like yeah that is like a perfect way to start your day that's, we both share that we meditate when we wake up in the morning so yeah. i mean absolutely it's 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 a great start of the day great end of the day but now to be able to go oh i need to restart my day because i've done sure, that before yeah. and not even like realized i've had like parts in the day where like three or four o'clock rolls around and i'm like i'm gonna go upstairs and i'm gonna meditate because not today yeah and not uh exactly and i'll come down and i do feel a lot better like sometimes it might take me like 20 30 minutes to like just sit be calm and then just reset but yeah no i i absolutely love that like recently my because my grandma died a couple weeks ago kind of unexpectedly you know and i went oh. home to be with family and do the funeral then thanksgiving so i came home and it's been like two weeks after she died and i'm like kind of losing my shit about this painting thing that Molly was like, we, we need to paint the bathroom cabinets. And I tried to paint it, I used the wrong color. And I'm like, I don't even know, and I'm like spiraling. And she even said it, you're spiraling. And I snapped at her, you know, and then, you know, 30 minutes later or so I came in, I was like, sorry, you know, I, I snapped at you, I shouldn't have done that. And then a couple hours later it happened again. So I had to say it again. Eventually I just had to say, you know what? I think this is my best right now. I think this is all I have. And I'll, I'll keep, I'll keep making amends but I don't know, I don't know what's going on. It was grief. My grief comes out as anger. Like most of my feelings come out as mad because I don't like to feel sad, but anger, I'll fucking love to throw things. That's what I did when I was drunk. I do. I love to, I love to clear a coffee table and all the shit you see in the movies. I love to do that, but it's because I'm sad, you know, or my feelings are hurt. This time it was because I was grieving, you know, and, uh, but I, I did, I have to multiple times, like restart the day, but also like reset, like where was I wrong in this moment? I got to make right for that because, you know, I can't move forward 
haven't done this, you know, create all this wreckage, you know, being a dick, you know, it's like, so I'm sorry I was a dick. Moments later, I was a dick again. I know, I get it. I don't know why either. I'm still being a dick. And they're like, okay, this is it. I, I hope, I hope I'm done being a dick, but if not, I've tried my very best, you know, and this, this may be all I have right now is dick. Yeah. <laughs> it went yeah. away. It was good. I, I was less of a dick the next day. So that's good. But no, that's great. That's, I mean, I think that's just, th that is such the presence of mind to be able to go like, no, this is, I'm, I'm giving you my best right now. I'm recognizing it's definitely not my best of my bests. You know, I've had better bests this past week for sure. But today, this is all I got. But it also be able to recognize that like, oh, this is grief. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's huge. And it's in, like some days that's like just just that just being able to say i'm i'm sorry is enough like some days mm. being a dick and just going sun up to sundown without drinking is enough mm. you know some days being able to like go out do my job help people be amazing that's enough but some days no just going sun up to sundown without taking a drink for me some days that has to be enough you know or even someday like i don't know i might relapse someday that might that might be part of my story but some days just going back might be enough yeah, so it's just like it's like I think doing the best with what I have that day, but not putting super unrealistic expectations on myself. You know, just going, you know, what's the best I've got today? That's where it is. Okay, great. That is today's enough. You know, tomorrow we'll we'll start over and we'll see where it is. You know, but yeah, well, doing that self check in is so important, and then also you know with your partner of just like checking in with them, being like, hey, this is where I'm at today and just like being open with that because we have that all the time yeah just like hey, i'm in a funk or i'm not doing good today and just just so you know this is where we are so yeah those are so important to do yeah because we suck at fighting like we slept in separate rooms the other night and before we went to sleep we both texted and i was just like you know i love you and both of us texted at the same time and i was like well we suck at fighting and she was like we really do because we're not mad we just needed a break you know mm. and even in the middle of a fight half the time one of us will be like i love you you know just and so it's like the intention is we're not trying to be i don't i don't want to be mean to you that's not mm -hmm. my intention so but we might still fight <laughs> like like they're, yeah, you're not trying like to be to combative yeah right you know right. Yeah. i don't actually want to hurt you exactly i just i'm mad at you because you live here and i'm mad mm. and so i'm as mad at you as i am at the door it's your when you share a living space with somebody you know that living space the, the, living with somebody is really the big thing like people love to yeah. talk about like marriage and all that and i'm just like sure wipe your ass with it live with somebody that's really <laughs> like that's where it is at that is a yeah. difference maker in relationships and just in general whether it's like romantic or with friends or whoever it is like living with somebody because you need that space mm -hmm. to feel the way you actually feel like when they talk about like oh well how do you actually feel behind closed doors these are the closed doors we're in them right now so i mean you can only hide for so long in here you yeah know? and you can't really consolidate it to just like it well you can but i mean like over the span of time it becomes difficult to try and consolidate it to just like a room in the house or a room in the apartment wherever the living space is that becomes kind of restricting you want to be able to just kind of like go throughout your entire living space with the energy that you're trying to work through and work through it the way you need to work through it but sometimes yeah like we like we said by around mid-morning we each know how we are like so we could kind of relay that like doing okay okay and today's good like oh no it's gonna be a great day or like no nah, funk so we definitely got some funk going on today um but yeah man like that's that's very important to be able to have that space for that energy accept each other's funk just accept it yeah i don't want to change it i don't yeah. need to make you happy you don't want to be cheered up that's fine that's none exactly. of my business how you're feeling it just it's good to know yeah. that you are allowed allowed to be in a funk even allowed to be not nice that's absolutely because yeah, i got other places i can go and stuff like that but and I usually i try and get them to a place where they can roll around because with her funk i'll always be like okay but later on today we could try and combat this funk with funk and we will dance and we'll put on some music at some point today and we will try and shake our asses until the funk is at least reduced by two percent um because yeah sometimes you can only get a percentage or two off of that funk uh but at some point today we're at least going to share a laugh in an attempt 
to dance through the funk or whatever it is. But yes, the check-in is very, very important. And we just need to do that as people. Like, get to mm -hmm. a point in society where you could actually be like, yeah, yeah, no, it's probably not a good day for me, but this is what it is, and this is where I'm at, and I'm trying to work through it. So, yeah. A little more yeah, I think most, most people don't know it, it, like what you you were saying earlier, like you've started to figure out things about yourself. Most people don't know why am I having such a bad day? Why am I doing this? They don't know. But no. I think people that don't aren't doing therapy and that kind of stuff. It's one thing to you're in therapy. You've accepted what's going on. You know yourself. You're learning about yourself. And I think a lot of people, they just they don't have the tools to be able to do that or they don't want to accept what's in front of them. Mm -hmm. It's scary. It's scary. The idea yeah. of therapy, I put it off for 15 years and I had to actually literally destroy my living room and go into a recovery program to see a therapist because I was so scared of feelings. That's it. I'm, I'm, I would drink away my feelings, use drugs to get rid of my feelings, anything to not feel feelings. And what therapy is, it's, it's definitely not for the faint of heart. It's for the brave. It's for the courageous because you're taking out your feelings and you're looking at them and you're seeing, you know, you're sitting, you're sitting through feelings, which is the hardest thing to do in life. Not change your feelings, not drown your feelings, you know, mm -hmm. not escape your feelings. You just sit through feelings, whether they're happy or the sad ones, just sit in a sad feeling until it, until it passes and accept that it's going to pass. Mm -hmm. You know, that's yeah. hard. It's just hard to do. And so I can see why people escape, you know, just constant escape. But I think the rewards of sitting through feelings, you know, it's like not to be cliche, but like colors are brighter. The outside is prettier. Mm -hmm. You know, I laugh so much more now. And like when I cry, it's legit. Like I cried. My grandma died. I cried. I saw her in the viewing. I cried. It was like, it was nice. I had feelings at the appropriate times and not fits of rage too much at the inappropriate times. Still a little bit, still a bit, because I'm still in there. I like to throw shit and break shit. Still you. Still there, you know, but little, little, little monsters in there. But I didn't actually break anything or hurt anybody, you know, so that's good. Or ruin any furniture. <sighs> we're like, we're only like a four year streak. I haven't ruined furniture. I stabbed my refrigerator once, like back in the day. Like it was gnarly. Like for the first year of sobriety, there were IOUs on post-its on everything. I have a question. I owed her. Oh yeah, yeah. You in the front, do you have a question? How? <laughs> that's how, a great question. Freeze, freezer or refrigerator well it's a stacking and the top yeah. was fridge bottom was freezer it was the bottom but it was definitely a knife so stupidly or maybe i threw it i don't remember i was blacked out so i have no idea how that happened oh, wow. but it was a, a stainless steel stabbing wow so you talked about cleaning up or like destroying your living room and i'm like i could decorate it for you <laughs> I, I got excited i was like but to be able to get to a place like that, like, like you exactly, exactly what you said, like it takes a brave person to be able to kind of go, okay, this is, I need to own my shit. Yeah. I need to work on something. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the, the feeling you get from that, it's, it's, a, it's freeing. Yeah. I'm like this, this is what I am. You can, I'm okay with it. And you're going to have to be okay with who I am if you're not. I don't have time. I need to, I need to make sure I'm in the best place possible for the immediate people around me that I want to be around. Yeah. Yeah. It's knowing how to release whatever it is you need to release, you know, like, I mean, yeah. like you said, those feelings, you know, being able to actually like try and work through them. Uh, we all, I always want to get to the point of like, uh, forget what we were watching on TV, some documentary or something, but there was a monk and he was talking about his feelings. And so he's sees him come in and he just greets his feelings. All of them. He's just like, Oh, hello, anger. Hello. Come on in. What do you have to tell me today? Anger. Oh, thank you. Anger. Goodbye. Like just lets all of them come in. Hello, anxiety. Like, like whatever it is, he just kind of welcomes it in because like, oh, you're supposed to teach me something right now. That's you're trying to tell me something and I need to listen. And so, yeah, being able to, to have some sense of, nah, it's time to feel this right now. And then knowing I need to do blank to be able to release this. Like I'm gonna go just fuck up a pillow in the bedroom, just go to town on whatever it is that it has to be and everything. So yeah, man. I've, Talking about having feelings and releasing them. Yeah, we do that, and uh, and uh, I love that. I love the punching a pillow, breaking plates. Yeah, and you can, or just like sometimes I'll get in my car and go for a scream, like uh, <laughs> just get in the car, go go down the block far enough, and then just scream I everything I wanted to say, and it's like yep. so healthy. Yep. 
Yep. Yeah, they have Look rooms now where yeah. you could like break stuff, right? Don't they have yeah. like those anger rooms? Mm -hmm. I forget what they're called. I want to open one because I feel like, I just, like that's my way of giving breaking to other people. <laughs> like, do you like to throw and break? Me too. Go in that room. Here's some china. Oh, like. I mean, I would probably I open one of those if I like loved cleaning. Because I mean, at the end of the day, if you open the establishment, right? Like you have to clean it all up. So, I mean, like you're facilitating this for other people, but the end you're just kind of like, oh man, it was great that they broke all this shit. I'm glad they got <laughs> this out. That is the shitty part of throwing and breaking things. It's like the yeah. minute you do, you're like, oh God damn. Oh yeah. I feel like a baby now. Speaking yeah. of all these. <laughs> exactly. Well, tell you what, to, to appease both of you, I'll open a smashy, smashy place for Kristen. And then next door, I'll open a passive aggressive anger place for Miles. Be like, you know, like really be like, you know, that shirt doesn't look good on you today. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two rooms. And then I'll, we can, We'll bring in staff to clean up the messy room for Kristen, but we'll charge people more money for that one. Yeah. I mean, my site could just be a coffee shop where people just kind of passive aggressively nag each other. I think that would be wonderful. Yeah. yeah like, you want a coffee? Do you? I guess I'll get you a coffee. Yeah. You look like you need a coffee. You're tired, aren't you? Like, yeah, you know, like. <laughs> Absolutely. I wish I had the courage to wear clothes like that. <laughs> yeah. that's so brave that you chose that top next, there's no music there's no music playing next door you can just hear Kristen in the faintly in the background every now and then a plate flies in through the other room just like I'm sorry ah. I was thinking about my childhood <laughs> What was that? That person wanted decaf. All right. That was fiesta wear. That's what that was. We don't serve decaf. You want tea? You go to Starbucks. Oh, I do love tea. Oh, hilarious. Uh, ladies, do you have any more questions for Kristen before we ride up from the sunset? This was a good one. Oh, yeah. Really good. Yeah. Thank there's... you so much for being so open and honest, and yeah. we appreciate you. Thank Absolutely. you for having me on. I want to put a disclaimer. I know I broke my anonymity that I, you know, I'm definitely not the poster child for recovery or for, for AA. So the fact that I've, I've we talked about AA. Yeah, somebody did. I don't know, but I just want to, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not. Yeah. It happens. And, uh, nah. and whatever, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Perfect. But, Beautiful. Well, why don't you tell the people listening and watching where they can find you online? Oh, I have a website. It's kristenkey.com. It's Kristen. You spell it with two eyes, a K and then two eyes. One vagina. No, the vagina silent. <laughs> no, but it's kristenkey.com. It's got all my social media. Um, I've got uh, a podcast that comes out weekly most of the time in this Montour, and it's just called Kristen Knows Blank. It's where I interview another comedian about something they're super into, and we play a Mad Lib together. And I also usually have a oh, weekly cool. uh, live show, live streaming on my Facebook and YouTube, and it's called Friday Live at 5. We sing. We play games. It's really stupid, um, and and it's we, we have a blast. But anyway. Go to my website and find all my stuff and uh, and stay stay mentally well. And if you have something weighing on you, there is a solution. Absolutely. 100 percent. Yes. And you can uh, follow Susan at Susan Thompson. Haha. -ha on all the social medias. You can follow me at Miles Wilbur Joker on all the social media. You can follow the podcast where Heather runs that on Instagram, the at mad podcast. So uh, every Thursday we've got new episodes and we will see y'all next time. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.